0: Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Hello and welcome back. It has been quite a while. I have been on maternity leave. I just had our beautiful baby girl. Her name is Devi, like a little dev, D-O-V-I-E, and it's the most adorable thing. We um, named her after my great-great-grandmother. It was just a cool little name. And it was perfect for her. So it was a really great birth experience. She's here with me today. So if you hear any baby noises, (laughs) she is joining us. It's so much fun. Y'all, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to be a mom without postpartum depression. (laughs) I mean, I've certainly had my moments. And when I had my two other boys, uh, they're five and eight now. I struggled for years with postpartum depression, years, y'all. And to actually be able to enjoy this baby is, I mean, it's night and day. It's amazing. And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful. Again, not every moment is 100% perfect, blissful daisies and roses. But it is so much better than I have experienced in the past. And I am just loving it. So it's been a few weeks and we've had the holidays. I hope everyone had a great Christmas and New Year's that you got through your holidays uh, as, with as little drama as possible. Uh, but of course, if you've had drama, that's okay, too. We can work through it. We can deal with it. And so I am so grateful to be back. I'm really excited to be creating new things. I have a lot in store for 2021. So <laughs> get ready. It's going to be good. Today, I want to talk about a really important topic that I think is extremely pertinent to those of us who are recovering from narcissists. It's about enoughness. So I designed this podcast for, especially for you, because if you're here and you know you have a narcissist in your life and you're trying to recover from them, then there's a really good chance that at the very core of your being, This belief that drives all your behavior, all your anxiety, all the things that you don't want to be doing, but are doing all the people pleasing and the self erasing and the trying too hard and feeling like a failure all the time and all the deep, deep pain that is constant in your soul. It has to do with enoughness. If you're here, there's a really good chance that deep down, you just don't believe that you're enough. So today, we're gonna cover why this belief has burrowed itself deep inside of your subconscious mind and how to believe what we desperately wanna believe but are deathly afraid of believing that you are enough right now exactly as you are. Narcissists live in a reality of black and white. They're either in tons of pain or very happy. They either love you or they hate you. They're either sweet or suddenly yelling at you. They either love to be with you or they drop you instantly when they're not happy with you. They're either calm and happy or full of rage. The person in front of them is either enough or not enough. That person in them is either doing enough or not doing enough. And those who are and do enough get the love. They get the peace and the kindness and the tenderness from this person. And those who aren't enough they get rejected, they get yelled at, they get hated, they get abandoned. It is terrifying and confusing to live in a world like this. So in order to survive this environment, we start to identify patterns. Human brains are wired to identify patterns as part of their survival. For example, if you can associate the shape of the imprint in the mud with a certain dangerous animal, you can accurately make decisions about where to go and what to do so that you avoid the animal. In the same way, that ancient mechanism is at work watching the cues, the triggers, the patterns of the narcissist in our lives in order to predict their behavior so that we can try to control or avoid things when they get bad. And because we lack the tools and the perspective of understanding that there actually is another way, in that moment, we don't realize we have any other choice but to believe in the idea Uh, that in the world there are things in people who are enough and things in people who aren't. Part of this survival process of predicting their behavior is changing ourselves so that we are, quote, enough for them. Because our enoughness controls our safety. Or more accurately, their perception of our enoughness controls our safety. For example... We will beg and plead for forgiveness when we haven't made dinner on time or the way they like because in the past we were criticized or even yelled at for not meeting the expectations which of course is super painful and subsequently we feel tons of anxiety about making a good enough dinner because a good enough dinner will prevent them from being mad at us or thinking less of us and then we won't feel tons of pain. So in other words, if we stress and do whatever it takes to make the best dinner every time, we will have successfully protected ourselves from pain. In the same way, if we're pretty enough, other people will like us more. If we're not pretty enough, they won't. If we perform well enough at our jobs, we don't get fired. If we're righteous enough, then God will love us and keep our family safe from harm. Our enoughness in this belief system, controls others' love for us and our safety. Therefore, to our brains, it's really important that we are always on the lookout for when we're being enough and when we're not. So we develop this highly critical sense of thinking. We're constantly evaluating and judging to make sure that we're safe. Here's the problem, though. This belief system and ultimately this filter with which we criticize everything is a lose-lose situation. Because when there's that dichotomy that filters things as either enough or not enough, the true underlying message behind it all is that you of yourself are inherently not enough. Therefore, you have to hustle to make yourself enough. You have to create what isn't there. So for example, if you stopped trying, you would always lose. The default is that you come to the table already lacking, already not enough. If you stopped chasing enoughness, you'll never get there. You'll never be enough, so you have to keep running. You have to keep watching, predicting, anxiously making sure everything is perfect because if you stop, you fall into the deep pit of pain that you're always trying to avoid. That who you are fundamentally, when everything is taken away, is simply inadequate. That kind of pain is one of the heaviest that you can bear. It's right up there with grief. It's right up there with abandonment. I'm not good enough. How many times have you believed that? How many times have you come to that conclusion because someone rejected you, someone forgot about you, left you, or hurt you? Surely if we were enough, they wouldn't have hurt us like that. At least that's what the primitive childlike part of our brain must conclude because it can't see beyond itself. It can't make sense of other people's behavior. This deep pain is so painful, and that's why we're constantly running from it. We spend thousands of dollars, years of time, and tons of energy running from it. We become versions of ourselves we don't even recognize. But none of that matters because, well, at least they love us. At least they haven't left us. At least we're good enough for them. Not good enough goes both ways. It's internal and it's external. When you believe you're not good enough, it also shows up in how you see the world. It's how you see yourself and it's everything and how you see everything around you. I know exactly what it's like to have this belief filter. It sucks. Nothing's ever good enough for me. I always would criticize my body shape, how much money we made. I criticized our house, our cars, right? my business, my family members, even my church building. I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know, I'd think things like, oh, what a shame. Our church building is so old. I wish it could be better. I wish it could be newer, like the one down the street. I would think things like, oh, if I could just lose 50 pounds, then I'd be happy. Or we don't make enough money. We are always struggling. This car is so old. It's just not worth taking care of. If we could just buy a new one, I would take care of that one. And on and on and on. And trust me, this is no way to live. And this was how I lived for years and years and years. I didn't even think about it. But here's the thing. Thinking this way doesn't create. The things that we want, it actually creates more, not enough. And how is this possible? So here, I'll show you. So in order to illustrate this phenomenon, we're going to use the model. It's a concept developed by my, my coach, Brooke Castillo. And I explained this process in detail on the mind management episode from the five steps to heal from narcissists. It's step number four earlier in the podcast. And, um, recently one of my clients told me about how her daughter only has friends over when she's at her dad's. Okay. So let's put it in the model, right? So the model is a five, uh, a five line item uh, mechanism that we'll use to analyze our thoughts. So our thoughts are just thoughts and they are usually triggered by circumstances in our lives, the facts of our lives. So the very top of this model is the circumstance. So in the C line, we're going to put daughter had friend over while visiting dad. Okay, now the thought based on the circumstance right above that. So we're going to put that in the T line. The thought is she's embarrassed by me. Okay, so she's embarrassed by me is a version of I'm not good enough. If I were XYZ, my daughter would come and visit me and she would have her kid, her friends come over like she does with her dad. So that thought, that belief is triggered and the client has a specific emotion. So we're going have a, a circumstance is daughter has friend over while visiting dad. The thought is she's embarrassed by me and the feeling goes right underneath the thought line. And the emotion was sadness or shame, okay? Now, the fourth line is what she does when she is feeling sadness or shame we're going to go with shame here because uh shame is definitely the thing that's more triggered by not enoughness all right so the feeling line is that she feels shame and then we go to the actions that she does when she is in the emotion of shame so her actions were she made snide comments And she asked her daughter over and over and over why she doesn't bring her friends, right? So she's she's doing certain things she normally wouldn't do, but she's feeling so much shame that she's showing up in this specific way to her daughter. Finally, the last line is the result. What is the reality that she created as a result of her actions? And the reality is she made it even less likely that her daughter would invite her friends over. She was acting in a way that she was embarrassed by right she didn't want to be like that she didn't want to talk to her daughter that way making snide comments you know acting like that but that's the result she made it even less likely for her daughter to come visit her right and she made it even more likely for her daughter to be embarrassed by her right so she's perpetuating the thing that she's terrified of the thing that she's assuming is what's happening right because the filter that she is that she's using to um the filter that she uses to see her daughter's actions is the filter of not enough, the filter that if I were good enough, my daughter would be behaving differently, which isn't true. Okay. But if that's the filter that she has, then what she does is she creates more of what it is she's trying to avoid. She creates more, not enough. She creates more of what she's going to see through her filter That her daughter is the reason why her daughter is not inviting friends over. Okay, so how do we undo this fundamental thinking? It's very simple. We practice believing, intentionally believing, that we are enough exactly as we are until we believe it. That's it. (laughs) Okay, but how do we do that? All right, so I have some ideas first question everything okay let's question this belief of enough and not enough this this dichotomous belief that there is enough and that you either qualify as enough or not enough okay what does enough the word actually mean every time i ask my clients this they can't really give a con- a concrete answer this is because it doesn't exist quote enough is a thought it's an ideological construct it's subjective its meaning changes from person to person okay so let's look at your bank account you see a number and your mind interprets that number it decides if that number is enough or not enough and what what number makes you feel like you have enough $100 $1000 Five thousand, a million. What number makes you feel like you don't? A hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. Okay, why that specific number? The answer to that question is going to be very different for every person who looks at it, and it's a hundred percent up to you. You have the choice to decide what enough means. Whether that number is in the bank or not. If if it's enough or not, it everyone has that choice. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a choice, right? Because you're so used to interpreting certain things like not enough, but I promise you it 100% is a choice. So here's a challenge. I want you to go to your bank account right now. Sometimes you can even like look it up on the app on your phone if you're listening to this podcast and you're on your phone, you can actually go to your app. And look at the number. So look at the number. Whatever that number is, even if it's negative, okay? (laughs) Some of us in this world sometimes have negative bank accounts. I have had a, a negative bank account before. Okay, look at that number. And decide right here and now that it is enough. And watch what comes up. Watch what your brain says. Notice what reasons present themselves for why you shouldn't think that number's enough, or why you should. These reasons might be perfectly good, of course, but there are always reasons for any way of thinking, okay? But those are still just thoughts, and you get to choose your thoughts every time. You get to decide if you like your reasons or not. Think about those reasons, write them down. Do you like those reasons? Do they work for you? You get to decide. The brain is always wired to look for reasons to show you that this number you're staring at is not enough. But instead, what if you could, right now, find three reasons why the number in the bank account, whatever it is, is enough? This is gonna take some effort, but this is where the magic is. Ask yourself, how is it true that your bank account number is enough right now. So I was talking to my children the other day. I have two boys, they're five and eight, and we were counting their money, and we were talking about the things they wanted to buy. My five year old counted his money, he wrote down the number, and he started asking me questions. Mom, how much is a Nintendo Switch? So I told him the price, and he said, oh, I can't afford that. And then he asked me how much my wall clock was. And I said, oh, um, it's $30. And he said, I can afford that. <laughs> it was so much fun to watch him make sense of the number and its relative meaning to things and their prices. And he had a lot of fun too. It was great. What if we decide that something is not enough because we have reasons that we like? That's totally possible. If you you look at your bank account, you're like, "Look, this is definitely not enough and these are the reasons why. Again, do you like those reasons? Is not enough necessarily a bad thing, right? Because we're operating on the assumption that not enough is bad. Let's question that too. Is not enough bad? Why? In the previous example with my children, you could argue that he didn't have enough money to buy a Nintendo Switch. That is a true statement. Or you could list a lot of reasons for which why that is true. It's simple math right but he wasn't sad about it he didn't make that mean anything about him he didn't mean make that mean anything about his ability to earn money or his future or anything he was just stating the facts so what if there isn't enough so what if you're not good enough for this person what does that even mean so in the instance of the of the switch right it means he probably won't be getting the game console, but is that really a problem to him? No. He already has a Wii U. You know, he's happy. He's happy with what he has. He thinks, how fun is it that I have a Wii U? And wouldn't it be fun also if we had a Switch? Absolutely. It's just fun all around. There's no loss. There's no disappointment. Okay, now if you ask my eight-year-old the same question, that's a completely different story. He will be feeling lots of disappointment. <laughs> he really wants a Nintendo Switch. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens next year for Christmas. So what if you have a negative number in the bank account? Let's just go there. Some could reasonably argue that that's not enough. It's negative. It's way less than enough, right? But what, if, what does a negative bank account actually mean? Well, it means you owe the bank some money, but it can mean that whatever you purchased that put you in the negative is what you have. You have that thing. Or maybe you consume that thing. Maybe you bought yourself some food. I don't know. Isn't that amazing that you have a thing? I'm not saying that you should have a negative balance, right? And having a negative balance in your bank account is the most wonderful thing ever, right? Maybe it is. I don't know. But just that a negative bank account, bank account balance doesn't mean... It doesn't have to mean all the horrible things that we think it does, right? How is it true that you have enough right now with a negative bank account? Bank, I can't say that. How is it true that you have enough right now with a negative balance in your bank account? That's possible to see that. In a session with one of my clients, she talked about how she isn't good enough compared to her sister-in-law. Okay, so I asked her, well, how do you know? Well, because she wears cuter clothes and she's skinnier than I am. Okay, how do you know that her clothes are cuter than yours? Well, she accessorizes and she's really fashionable. Okay, why is accessorizing better than not accessorizing? This was a question she really had to think about. And she didn't have a concrete answer to it. Okay, so let's say you both stepped on a scale. She might weigh less than you. That number might be less than your number. Okay, is it? bad that she weighs less than you is it bad that your numbers are different well yeah okay why well because skinnier is better okay why is skinnier better again we don't have a real answer to that some people may right they might have all their reasons to why skinnier is better but in many cultures being heavier is considered better than being skinny right like They have their reasons and they love their reasons and they, that's the assumption and the belief that everyone has. And so in the end, it really is all a choice. Consider who benefits from you believing that you're not enough. Think about that. If you believe that you're not enough, who gets to benefit from that belief? Well, people who are selling you products definitely want you to believe you're not enough without their product. People who want to feel better about themselves benefit from you believing that you're not good enough. People who want something from you that they normally wouldn't be able to get from you. So they leverage you thinking you're not enough, which causes you pain, which your brain tries to solve with the latest product or solve by people pleasing or whatever it is that benefits someone else. These people benefit from your emotional pain that doesn't come from numbers in the bank account or the number on the scale or any list of accomplishments or lack of accomplishments that you may or may not have. It comes from you believing that you aren't enough as you are and that you have to buy or do something to fix it or to prove that you are enough. It's the belief, not the thing. What it comes right down to is that there are facts and what we make them mean about ourselves. Facts are the facts. That's it. The meaning we give them. That's the source of all of our pain and the source of all of our happiness. And we get to choose that meaning. Even if it's painful, you can choose the painful one if you want. That's fine. No judgment here. But if you don't want to feel the pain, You're allowed to question it. You're allowed to make your own decision for yourself. Maybe you decide for good reasons that something isn't enough, but it doesn't have to mean anything about you as a person, right? There's a huge jump from the thing isn't enough to I'm not enough. Huge difference here. Here's another idea about what to do as you build your practice of believing that you are enough. You get to decide, right? We kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier. When it comes to bank account numbers or results on the scale or how many times you cooked dinner this week or the image in the mirror or how much education you have, etc., you just get to decide. Always decide that it's, that it's enough. Always. That's available to you. You can think no matter what that everything is enough if you want to. Here's the thing. When you live in a world of believing that there are things that qualify and, uh, as enough and things that don't, the deeper meaning behind that is that you on your own are not enough and you have to keep trying. But what if you flip that on its head and just decide that everything is always enough, no matter what? You don't even have to list reasons. You don't have to do all that work. You just get to pick. I always win. I always am enough. That deep inner pain Can slowly start to turn to deep inner peace. I love deciding that I live in a world of always enough. Try it out. Ask yourself, how is it true that the things around you represent enoughness and allow your brain to go to work to find all those reasons? And as you find the reasons, your mind your belief will start to shift that's where the magic is as you look for evidence where you see that everything is enough so again for me believing that everything is enough always including myself is like stepping into a warm gentle pool and sitting there just peacefully i'm not hustling i'm not rushing i'm not striving you know to prove myself i can stop running You know, I could just relax into what is all around me because it's all enough. Think about that goal that you're hustling towards. Maybe it's a dollar amount in your business or a number on the scale or the size of your house or the relationship you're you're trying to manage. How will it feel when you have that thing that you're hustling towards, that you're rushing towards? Really think about this. Put yourself there in that place. See the amount in your bank. Visualize the number on the scale. See yourself walking into your magnificent house or whatever it is. Feel yourself slow dancing with a kind, gentle person celebrating your 20-year anniversary. <laughs> what will that feel like when you have those things? My guess is that the feeling is pretty amazing. But spoiler alert, the, the thing is that sometimes we do get there. Sometimes we lose the weight, we get to the target number, we reach that money money goal, but uh, sometimes we accessorize our outfits and we go out looking really cute, but with a brain that is wired to believe that nothing is enough, guess what? That satisfaction is very fleeting. We never truly get to live in the satisfaction for very long because... It's like a dangling carrot. It just keeps eluding us. Because when we're trained to find fault, to see where it's not as good as we thought it would be, we look for ways in which it's not enough. We find the reasons automatically without trying that, oh, you know what? I I I don't think I'm going to stay this way, right? I'm going to lose all this weight, but it's it's not going to stay or this this house is amazing uh but there's always something to fix right that this person he he or she is is so perfect for me but if only they would do this if only they would do that you will always find something to prove that it's not enough if that's your inner belief driving everything the truth is what your brain is trying to chase in all of those things that you think you want It's all available to you right now. That feeling is available right now. Decide that what you have is enough. Decide that you're always enough, no matter what, exactly as you are. Does this mean that you don't look forward to improvement, that you don't set goals for yourself? Absolutely not. For sure, set the goals. For sure, improve yourself or... Look forward to buying the house, make plans. That's fine. The goal itself is not the problem. It's how you approach the goal with that inner belief that it's not enough. Okay. Switch the inner belief, then go for the goal. Decide that right now it's enough. Be happy. Feel how you're going to feel when you have the goal right now. That's available. You're allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to feel amazing right now. Now, your brain might resist this, okay? That's that's okay. That's its job, to resist new ways of thinking because it's wired to always think the same things, right? The brain is very efficient, and it's amazing, and it's perfect. So if your brain is resisting, it's not a problem. Just gently try again. Gently look for evidence right now that what you have and who you are might be enough. Is it possible? Write this these pieces of evidence down. Look for another reason. Give it a rest and try again tomorrow. Or try again with some other aspect of your life. Have fun with it. There's no pressure. You just get to relax. Okay. Another idea I had is to to feel. Right, so first we talked about question everything. Then we talked about deciding about enoughness. And now let's talk about feeling. As you look for those reasons that you are enough and that you have enough, really take the time to feel it in your body. Feel the gentle peace, the calmness, the rest. You know, it might not stay 100% of the time. That's okay. But just attempt to sit in that emotion. Sometimes something will trigger that old deep pain of not enough. That's okay too. It's not a problem. You can sit in that feeling as well. It's not going to hurt you. Your brain is going to try to run away from it. But if you take a deep breath and allow that sensation to be there, it will pass. Notice what the trigger was and make a note of it. Maybe later on you can analyze it. You can question it. You can explore it. You can see what comes up. You can get coaching on it. You can see what's true and what's not. And you can see if you see it through your new belief Of enoughness and see what happens. Okay, for for example, one of my uh, triggers for me that I'm not enough is my body shape. I've had this my whole life, (laughs) and I just had a baby, right? And so my body isn't the shape that I want it to be. So sometimes when I see my clothes fitting weird or I see the image of myself in the mirror, that old feeling comes back. It's like my stomach drops. I get a tightness in my chest. I want to get discouraged and. What I've been doing lately is working on allowing that emotion, watching the thoughts pass through my mind, noticing the judgment, noticing how my brain immediately wants to solve for what it thinks is the source of the pain, right? My brain thinks the source of the pain that I'm feeling right now is, oh, my body looks like this. This is the body shape, right? And so uh, my brain wants to solve That body shape by, okay, we're going to make a plan to start exercising. We're going to make a plan to start restricting a bunch of food, right? Like it goes to work to start solving for the pain because the pain is the image in the mirror. If I could just change the shape, I wouldn't be in pain anymore. So let's solve that. But that's not where my pain comes from. I know better when my, my pain actually comes from the judgment. My pain from seeing the image in the mirror comes from my thoughts about my body not the body shape itself. That's neutral. That has no inherent meaning. Okay. So when I, I, when I do that, I remind myself the body shape itself is not what's causing me pain. It's not the thing I need to solve for. So I just, I relax my mind. I, I stop my brain from trying to solve for body shape. And instead I allow my brain and intentionally shift my thoughts to, okay, how do I solve the actual source of the pain, which is my thoughts? What thoughts am I thinking that are causing me pain? Thoughts like, this is unacceptable. Thoughts like, I should be looking different right now. It's been enough time. I need to change, right? These thoughts that create pressure, these thoughts that create not enoughness, That the this thought that creates this feeling of, Um, inadequacy and shame, right? I look to those thoughts. How can I solve for those? And that really tremendously helps. And it is a practice. It's not always easy and it doesn't always come naturally. But if you really take the time to intentionally shift your brain to where the actual source of the pain is, you have so much more power. And as I do that, my body relaxes. As I do that, I start to really shift. Oh, when I, when I look in the mirror, I'm not as triggered like I usually am. It's a really powerful, magical practice. Again, I'm not perfect at it, but, you know, I spent years of my life loathing the shape of my body. Spending hours, days, weeks, years... In heavy emotional pain, taking desperate action to try to force my body into a shape to to change it just so that I could find that emotional relief. But this path of gentle enoughness that I am taking myself on is so much better. I feel so much more relief. I just feel calmness. And it's such a gift to myself. Another thought I have in helping you really shift your brain from not enough to totally enough all the time is gratitude. We've talked about gratitude before in a previous episode. And one of the things that Brene Brown, uh, an amazing author about who studies shame extensively, she says that the opposite of scarcity is enough. Okay, so when we have a scarcity mindset or scarcity meaning not enough, right? The opposite is enough. Then practicing gratitude is how we acknowledge that there's enough and that we're enough, right? Practicing gratitude is how we create enoughness for ourselves. Acknowledgement that joy can be found in all the ordinary things around us at any time you know, you look around you right now. What is around you in this moment? Are you sitting in your car? Are you sitting on your couch at home? Are you cleaning while you're listening? What is around you right now? And how can you acknowledge gratitude for those things? For example, if you're cleaning, how can you show gratitude for the cleaning product in your hand? Maybe you're so grateful for the sponge that it has that rough part on it so that you can scrub something a little better. Maybe you're grateful for the running water that allows you to rinse off the dirty dishes and rinse off the soap. Maybe you're grateful for soap. Maybe you're grateful that you even have dishes, that you even have food that makes the dishes dirty. You can go on and on and on. You can find the joy in the ordinary things all around you right now. That's the beauty. That's the practice of gratitude. There's there's no pressure. Remember from our previous episode that gratitude, um, there's no pressure in gratitude. There's no pressure in, well, you should be grateful for this, right? No, let that go. Do not pressure yourself. This is an uh, option that's available to you. It is not something that you should do. It's something that you get to do if you want to. It's... Really understanding that you can stop running. You can stop chasing something because it's already here. And it's very much a spiritual practice. You know, when you're grateful, it really elevates your spirit. It elevates your mind to a whole different plane. And it, it in my opinion, it brings you closer to God. It brings you closer to Heavenly Father. It becomes helps you become more like God by finding the joy and the enoughness in what's around you right now. Because that's how he thinks. Think about that. Heavenly Father is he, He's full of abundance. He creates abundance. We can't even comprehend the vastness of space. The vastness of the oceans on the earth. There's so much. There's so much that we literally can't wrap our minds around it. And he's said in in scripture, right? Worlds without end. There is no end to my creation. There's no end to my words. He thinks in enoughness. He operates in enoughness 100% of the time. So as you begin to operate in enoughness, you start to bring yourself closer to the level That God operates on. Isn't that amazing? And you become more like him and you start to see things like he sees things. You start to make decisions closer to how he makes decisions. If that's what you want, if you want to become more like your heavenly father, then gratitude in this way is a very easy way to do that. And being grateful for what you have here and now, creating enoughness with what you have is is, is created in your mind it's not created in getting more things it's created in your thoughts and if it's not coming naturally to you that's okay you, you have to intentionally do it you have to set the goal you have to set out to do it as opposed to wait for it to come to you but that's the magic as you continue to practice it eventually does become second nature And it's so much fun to live in a world of enoughness than to live in a world that's not enough. Trust me, it's amazing. So this is the path I offer you. You really are enough just as you are right now. Do you want to know how I know? Because your perfect ears are listening to this podcast. Because your perfect mind is hearing and understanding the sounds of the words that I say. Because you're here. You're wanting to change something. And it's because you exist right now. Right now, you exist. You take up space in this world. Isn't that amazing? There's only one you. And you, you are precious. You're not going to be here forever. And your life... It's amazing and it's a gift and it's full of so many experiences, good experiences and hard experiences, but they're experiences and these experiences, you're going to see that they all serve you, even the bad ones and the good ones. They serve your highest self. You are enough. Thank you for being with me today. I honor you and I honor this time that we share together. Try believing uh, that you are enough today. See how it goes. Let me know. (laughs) Until next time, have a wonderful day. Bye. Hey there. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life email me directly at Laura at by thewaycoaching.com to get started can't wait to see you soon.